ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. Welcome back to Orange Nation. Our artist of the day, Alicia Keys. Could have been Jefferson Airplane or Starship, but Steve wanted Alicia Keys. It's time to have our guest on, Steve. You know who it's brought to you by? William Matar. Yeah, hurt in a car. Call William Matar. And who else? I forget. RomanoCars.com. Yes. We're getting both sides of the car. Buying a car? Hurting a car? Jerry McNamara's your guy. All right. He joins us now. And uh, Jerry, I I guess let's just start with, uh, I don't know, your overall thoughts on on what you saw yesterday. I mean, there was a lot to like, but obviously you don't like the end result. And I know there's no moral victories. Uh, You know, how how are you kind of processing uh, what went down last night? We had a good good game plan going in. You know, obviously when you play these guys, you know, first and foremost, you have to get back in defensive transition um, and you have to rebound the basketball. I think of all of our matchups over the years with these guys, really two areas that it always came down to was rebounding in the free throw line. Um, you know, we, we, we handled our business on the glass last night. It might be one of the only times we've ever out-rebounded this team. Um but when it was all said and done, I think the free throw disparity was too much to overcome. And even with all that said, you know, you get a defensive rebound on a free throw, uh, we're still in control of the basketball game. So I'm just really proud of our guys, how we competed. You get down 10, you come back. Um, you get down early, you come back. Um, you know, uh, there was a lot of things that happened in this basketball game. A lot of things that I thought we had to overcome. And uh you know, we were still in position to win the basketball game if we were able to make a few plays late. How do you keep the young guys, like, focused? You know, this has got to be disappointing for them. A lot, I'm sure a lot of them aren't used to losing games at all from when they were in high school and prep school. How do you keep them focused and let them know that, you know, we got to get the next one? Uh, that's our job. We've always done that. Uh, you know, I heard Griff's segment, um, you know, the other day talking about, you know, every game's a quad one win. Um that's how we've always prepared. It's just one game at a time. I I think we're fortunate today that we have a day off, um, you know, in terms of giving our guys a mental break, even us, you know, it was an emotional game last night, a lot to be frustrated about. And, uh, you know, you just kind of reset things. You watch the film, you know, you, you get your anger out and the anger turns to motivation and uh, all that motivation turns into repreparation, you know, going to the next opponent. So an opponent we're familiar with that we've played already. So, um, yeah, you just got to refocus and get back at it. And uh, with the young group, you know, that, that that's that's important for them to understand, you know, to have a short-term memory in this thing. Even if you're coming off a win, you still have to go out and compete for the next one the same way you did the previous one. So, you know, I'm proud of our, of, of how these guys have improved. Uh, we've put ourselves in, in, in position to win basketball games, and um, we need to do a better job when it's all said and done of being able to complete the job. You know, Jerry, you said a lot happened in that basketball game last night, and you're right. Um, I felt like a, a lot happened with Judah Mintz in particular last night. Um, you know, about five minutes to go, he's called for a, a charge that, you know, wipes off what would have been a three-point play, and I, I, I won't you know, make you say it. It was a bad call. Um, and then, you know, he was a big part of why you're in position to win that game. R.J. Davis couldn't stay in front of him. He kept getting to the basket. You know, he, he hit that little mid-range shot. He was he was a, a key cog last night in terms of why you're in position to win the game and then again we see the the final play with the um you know down by one and, and called for uh, 
called for the flagrant foul. How would you kind of assess his overall game last night? And is there anything in particular that that you pull from that again? That's a that's like a learning experience. Again, you know, game on the line, balls in his hand didn't quite go the way that he wanted it to. Um, what stood out to you about his play, especially down the stretch of that game? Well, he, I thought he played a really good basketball game. He, you know, multiple times he got in through contact, finished. Um, you know, I remember the really difficult layup he hit to give us a kind of give us a one point lead again. I think after they had retaken the lead, I believe. Um, yep, sixty-three, sixty-two, four minutes yeah, left. Yep. He um, he made some really good plays. Even even when we had a two-point lead, our last offensive possession before um, the charge call, he got right to I, probably fourteen, fifteen feet, two foot, good jumper. I thought he I thought he hit it. It would have given us a four-point lead with like thirty-six seconds, I think, somewhere in that time frame. Um, but it was a good shot. You know, it was a really good shot. He had to hit a, a jumper earlier in the half, uh, but he got to his spot, put up a good shot. As soon as it left his hands, I'm like, it's good. Uh, just kind of rattled out on him. Um, then the last play, I agree with the call. I think I think the last play was probably a charge call. I completely disagree with the fact that it was a flagrant call. I think that's, I think that's obviously been debated quite a bit. I think most logical people are within the same conclusion that I am that it's an offensive foul probably and the fact that it's a flagrant I just don't understand uh, I think it's a, a natural basketball move without intent um, so just kind of un, un, unfortunate circumstance of how it was ruled um, you know and then you could obviously go you know and talk to Judah and, and we saw the last play at Miami where he gets in there and the most important thing is getting shot up and um, you know I think when you're in that situation you know, it's almost invited in terms of, you know, it gave us the way they defended and took him, everything away. It, it gave him kind of a driving lane to get to the paint and make something happen. Um, kind of a bang, bang play and, um, you know, just, just an unfortunate one. But but overall, you see, it's unfortunate that it ended the way it did for him because he made some really, really quality basketball plays in that game. Jerry, when you guys watch tape, do you address the, you know, everybody's talking slow starts, slow starts, and it's, is it a matter of also on offense, hey, you know, sometimes shots aren't going to go down, but last night you gave up four three-pointers to start the game to North Carolina. Is there a way to get the guys more prepped on defense at the start of the game? Well, I think coming in, too, you, you, you have a game plan in terms of what they think, what you think they're going to run against you, and then, you know, offensively from the other side of things, they're going to come in with maybe a wrinkle or two to try to free up a guy. Um so they got off to a quick start. Um, Caleb Love was the one guy. We knew R.J. Davis was shooting the ball at such a pre. You know, he he he's like forty eight percent. He'd been shooting it at like a forty eight percent clip from the three point line, where uh, Love had been shooting it at like a twenty four percent clip. And you know, we felt if if you know they're going to stretch four or five feet behind the line, we're going to give a little bit of cushion to Love in terms of okay, well. You know, you haven't been shooting it great. Let's see how the first one or two goes. And uh, R.J. Davis was the opposite. We were going to make sure that we extended on him and kind of took him away early, but both got off early. And from that point on, we adjusted. I think they only hit two two threes from, from there on out. So we knew that the game was going to be played from 17 feet it in. Um, and I thought we did a really good job for the most part in terms of of vertically contesting shots multiple times uh, in that basketball game. Um, 
and and and, and to, to be you know just completely transparent and, and honest it's frustrating you know i think one of the rules in this game that that has progressed in a positive way has been the vertical contest rule so if you jump straight up and don't put your hands down it's a quality basketball defensive play and i thought we had multiple quality vertical contests um that didn't go in our favor um and that's frustrating and it's really frustrating because it ends up putting uh, a guy like jesse edwards who's as good as any big guy in our league in a difficult situation where now he goes from one foul to four um on, on quality defensive possession so um i thought we adjusted the right way in terms of what they were running they were overloading the elbow cutting it you know, sending a backdoor cutter. We matched up from the forward spot. We didn't match up late when Nance got the foul. Um, when they were down two in the last offensive possession they had, we didn't cover the backdoor, which we had been covering. Uh, but for the most part, in, in a good stretch of that second half, we we matched up properly, forced them to play, you know, really two on two or two on three from 15 feet and in. And, and I thought we did a really good job defensively. It just didn't go in our favor. I don't mean to keep badgering on it, but the people in the chat are asking about is the, our slow starts an actual issue? Is that a real thing? Is there a way to prevent it? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been unfortunately reoccurring a trend for us um, where we're getting off to slow starts. And, um, you know, I, I, I mean, our guys know it. It's not like, <laughs> They don't understand that we've we've started, you know, almost the majority of our games where we're digging out of a hole. Um, but again, to their credit, they've always seems, you know, let me knock on the desk that we've that we've fought our way back into things. So, um, yeah, to answer your credit to answer your question, yeah, we're aware of it. <laughs> you know? So we just we've got to do a better job when we come out of of. Uh, you know, getting off to a better start. You know, Jerry, going back to the end of the game, um, you know, the the save by Joe on the missed free throw, and, and Joe said in the locker room last night, you know, I shouldn't have done it. You never saved the ball, um, you know, underneath the opponent's basket. It, it, hard for me to – I think it's hard for anybody to to fault him, though. That's That's got to be an instinctual play, I would assume, right? I mean, you, you think the ball's off you. It's a one-point game. You're trying to make a play and save it to Hema. Um I mean that that is the right thing to do. Yes, try to save the ball there, or or is that something that you know you hope next time he just lets the ball go out of bounds? Yeah, I, I think it's the right thing to do. I don't think it was the right way to do it. Yeah, um, I think the right thing to do if you feel like it's off of you in that situation, instead of diving for it, is lunging for it and trying to get it two hands. And somehow, can I manage to keep my feet in bounds? Um, which gives me an opportunity to use a timeout or turn face. And if worst case scenario, throw the ball long. Um, so I like the fact that he goes for it. I just think he needs to go for it in a different manner. Um, go for it with two hands. If you can't save it, you can't save it. Uh, worst case scenario is that's their ball underneath. We still have a one point lead. So um, you love to see a guy kind of lay it on the line. It's just unfortunate, especially after the big shot that Joe hit in the game that he played, to kind of be put in that situation. Um, we could also do a better job on that rebound after, you know, I thought Munir kind of got shoved in the back and the middle of the lane gets cleared out and they X off. 
um, and it gives Leakey a chance to get a 50-50 ball. Malik got his hands in there and, and knocked it free. I think the rest of the group has to kind of come back to the rim. Uh, Judah, Chris, um, you, you've got to protect the paint area in that situation. So, you know, it, it happens fast, and there's multiple factors. Um, but really just kind of an un, unfortunate situation where, um, you know, you, you put yourself in a losing scenario instead of a winning scenario. So just go after the basketball, two hands, two feet. If you can stay in balance, that's great. Try to call a quick timeout. Worst case scenario, you throw it long. One more uh, thing for you, Jerry, before we let you go. Last night, you know, Coach Beheim always says this. You guys were, in years past, you guys were getting out-rebounded, but you turned the team, other team over uh, 15 times, 16 times. Last night, you guys finally out-rebound North Carolina, but turned the ball over 17 times. Was there something you saw that led to that, and is, is there a cure? Um, yeah, we, we made some... Uh, you know, questionable decisions with the ball. I think against those guys, you know, if you've watched them play, they kind of overplay and they take things away. If you pick your dribble up, we we went over that a lot before the game. If you pick your dribble up, you're going to put yourself in, you know, some tough situations because they're going to cut off, you know, really everything else. But I, I think you can go back and look at all these things and look at these numbers and you're going to point to one area or another um, where you could have been better. Um, and again, you know, 16 turnovers is too many, but we've had some games where we've had that amount of turnovers. Um, and you play these guys, again, I still go back to those two. You know, if you're turning a ball over against North Carolina, how many points did you give up off turnovers? How many transition baskets? And for the most part, we did a pretty good job there. Um, and I still go back to the rebounding and free throws. So as many turnovers as we had, we were still efficient enough offensively in our offensive possessions where we didn't turn it over that it gave us a chance. Um, and, you know, a couple of those turnovers are offensive fouls. Um, you know, again, I'm going to go back to those free throws. All right. That's Jerry, thanks for your time. I got to ask you, everybody in the chat wants to know where the hell you got that hoodie from. They all want to buy that hoodie you're wearing. <laughs> it's sharp, isn't it? Yeah. Is that available or Coach only. It's team issued, I think. So, uh, so as as I, I got it. I, said, I like this one. <laughs> yeah. Well, very, if you want to put it on eBay, someone will buy it. I'm sure. <laughs> very nice. Very nice. Um, all right, Jerry. Uh, we we appreciate the time as always. Uh, we'll catch up to you on the TV side of things tomorrow as you get ready for Virginia Tech. And uh, thanks for coming on and uh, enjoy uh, the day off from practice. Thank you, guys. All right. Uh, There he is, Jerry McNamara, SU assistant coach. And with that, we'll uh, take a timeout. Hour number one in the books. Yes, Paulie. His wife just celebrated her birthday, by the way, and I saw her at the the hotel with Jerry, and she said she likes our dynamics, Steve. She listens to our show. But she also said she reports back to Jerry when we say stupid things about him. So so be careful what you're saying. So when you say stupid things? He's got moles. He's, he's got a mole listening. I appreciate Katie listening. Thank you. Uh, all right, we'll, we'll hit a timeout here. Uh, we've got hour number two coming up next. Phone line's open until 1.30, so if you want to check in on this game last night, uh, please do so, 315-437-7644. Back after this on ESPN Radio.